0: Is the peach aka Preston Tyrese Johnson? And you know, when a bitch gives you their full name, you know that they mean business, okay? And back in the studio, we have back and better than ever, the big man herself. Introduce yourself.
1: Hello, everybody. My name is Tatiana Medina, and I am your friendly neighborhood lesbian Latina. I'm so happy to be back here with you, Preston. I missed you. I missed having our little chats. I missed you know, making content for the people. So today's going to be a bit of a heavy one. You know, it doesn't have to be, but I feel it might have a little bit of heaviness to it. I really wanted to talk about representation in media specifically and what that means so you know i have a couple questions for you Ooh. i want to hear your thoughts give you some of my thoughts and you know we'll see where we land at the end
0: oh my gosh people asking questions about me you know my <laughs> love language you were in my profile <laughs> <laughs>
1: Virgos love being asked
0: questions. Oop, anyway,
1: <laughs> I just exposed you by dropping your sign down.
0: Child, let me tell you, that Valentine's Day episode, I think it supposed a lot about me. I'm, but... sure, I'm sure. I'm
1: glad I missed that one. So. Oof,
0: bite me. <laughs> All
1: right, so first and foremost, if we're going to be talking about representation, you know, we are both people who have intersectional identities, right? We're both people of color, we're both queer, right? You know, we're cis, but still there's right. so many facets that make up both of us so my question for you is do you feel represented in media do you feel like you see characters that reflect you whether it's books music movies tv shows anything do you feel there's representation for you
0: you know i think the answer to that question is hell the fuck no no i do not not in the slightest some of the times how about you
1: i would say that I oftentimes find representation that reflects pieces of who I am. You know, like there is Latino representation out there. Is it the number that it needs to be? Absolutely not. Does it need to be better? Absolutely. But it exists, (laughs) right? Is there queer woman representation? Yes. Is it where it needs to be? Absolutely not, right? Like it definitely needs to get better, but you know, I really struggle to find something that I feel really encompasses who I am as a person. And when I look at it, I'm like, yes, that's me. And I really feel that in that my part. soul, you know, but that's, you know, that's why we started this podcast and that's why we both want to be actors. That's why we both want to be creatives in general because we felt like what we are is lacking and we wanted to kind of put that out into the world. Right. So. I guess my follow-up question for you is, how many times a day do you see something that makes you feel like you are seen and understood?
0: You know, I think especially moving to New York City, I do see so much more Black business. Um, I will say, like, in Atlanta especially, Mm -hmm. there is, it is, like you know, like the black capital that we have in the U.S. kind of. Um, I say that because there are a lot of people who move there to, you know, start business, you know, start um, with their dealings. Um, New York, though, I see a lot of small private businesses. um, And I'm really happy about that. I have to say, I really do enjoy seeing that. But me personally, um, the queer space in Atlanta and in New York, it's underground for the most part. Mm Um, Even though, you know, when pride comes around and I get superpowers, I feel (laughs) amazing. (laughs) Right.
1: Then the whole city knows about us and acknowledges us. But you're right. When it's not pride, we're kind of expected to stop being prideful. You know, Right. it's like one month a year. Everybody's like, yeah, be proud. Be proud that you're gay. Be proud that you're trans. Be proud that you're queer. And then June's over and they're like, actually go back in the closet. Nobody wants to see you.
0: Right. And it's like, even when it's doing, um, you know, like musical theater or just certain stuff, like, I think one I would be so happy to see is like just guys dancing with like having guy dance partners or, and women having women dance partners. And those
1: Um, actors actually being queer people, maybe just maybe.
0: Right. And it's just like, why, why, why do we never see this? And it's always that structure of no, um, this is how it's supposed to be, and if theater is telling stories or being, um, you know, groundbreaking and shaking the table, right. you know, I think a lot of times we don't see that, um, especially in the school that we went to, where it was kind of, you know, the only time it was acceptable was when it was two women, you know, dancing with each other and right. being dance partners. And even
1: still, that was that was you had, to fight yeah, you had like... a fight for that. Yeah, you had a fight for that, hundred percent. So it's so great that you bring up about queer representation especially in theater right one of the things that always gets me about theater and film and and tv right how many of the people that make media are gay how much media is created by gay people how much art is created by gay people and yet we don't have enough characters to represent us it kills me you know like this industry Is made by queer people, queer people of color specifically. That is, I would say, arguably the most artistic group in the world.
0: Most definitely.
1: And yet, we're not the ones being shown and represented.
0: I think that's so groundbreaking in the sense of the fact that we, again, like you said, we create all these spaces and one of the most stolen from groups because it is people of gay people of color. Who, you know came up with the old oh, girl honey click clack down the street, like 100%. you know it's 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 the girl
1: queen like yeah that's right people of color literally black people latinos you know
0: ballroom culture especially has like influenced so many people but again it's that underground thing that once people find out about it they're like oh my gosh i want to vote now i want to do this it's not necessary 100%. to say that you know, it's not open for you to do that, but it's still like you don't put it on the bit screens half of the time. Madonna coming out with Vogue, um, no No Shea, but it was just like, you know, and Madonna has done a lot for the day community.
1: Right. But she is still a white woman.
0: Right. Who, so of
1: course she's going to get more praise for doing it than you would, right?
0: Right. Because in, it became that monetized thing off of it. And um, it still just kind of goes back to that thing where it's like, we rarely see representation of people like us um, in any sort of space, even though a lot of the times we're the ones who help create and mold that space 100%. in the first place.
1: It's that double edged sword where it's like, you know, we wanna create things and we wanna make things and create these spaces, but when we do it, it's ghetto. When we do it, it's ratchet. When we do it, it's bad. But the second that white people get their hands on it and do some horrible imitation, all of a sudden that's what's praised and that's, you know, what's applauded. And we see that in every form of media, whether it's movies or TikTok or music or fashion, you know? So, speaking about the differences between people of color creators and white creators, there's a topic that I know you and I both have a lot of strong opinions on. Mm. And I know you know what I'm talking about. What do you think about when we do see people of color that are gay in shows and movies, usually their significant other is a white person?
0: I'm so glad that you brought up this topic because it has been one that a lot of people have actually wanted me to comment on. And a lot of people, um, you know, we have this debate a lot. Right. I'm so sick and tired of personally i'm so sick and tired of seeing interracial gay couples portrayed in media and the only interracial part of it is the fact that it is a black gay man and a white gay man i and agree
1: it, it happens with the women too though. it
0: does it, mm-hmm. like it's always just black it's just a black partner and a white partner like first right. of all you can put them with so many different people.
1: 100%. And
0: it kind of almost reinforces this thing that like you have to have a white partner in order to be viewed as successful. And that's already how a lot of people act. There was one football player who came out and everybody was like, he's black. Um, and everybody was like, oh yes. And then he was seen with a white partner. Right. And it caused this whole controversy in the sense of it's like, you know, it started this talk of why don't we date our own race a lot of the God times the when they're, are gay black people out there who are available and mm-hmm. gay p and other gay pocs it's not just saying that right you know we want to see uh white people with white people or black people with black people that's not at all
1: right it's not about segregating people but it's about really looking out why more often than not we find people of color especially successful people of color Ending up with a white person, you know?
0: And then it being portrayed in media so often. Yeah, when so heavily. Literally, you could cast this person with anything else. And then it's also like we talked about this. We're like, yeah. you know, you it could be a black person and an Indian person or 100%. a Japanese person and a white person. It's, but it's always that thing where their partner, a lot of the times, the only representation that I, as a black gay male, is trying to see right. is someone who looks like me but with a white partner it's 100%. like they can't date any other race or have found any other race and right. it's literally like you can go anywhere and especially like we said with women as well mm-hmm. when it's always their their lesbian partner is usually going to be a white woman 100%. if they are a person of color and let's be honest we all know it's for quote-unquote marketing and
1: percent, yeah they want to be able to hit that affirmative action tab and be like, look, we have a character that's a person of color, but they're scared to ruffle the white people's feathers too much. So they're like, look, here's another white person though, so it's okay.
0: Right. And it's like, it's like, oh, see, you know, there, there's a white person here and a black person. You both should feel represented. But right. it's like, you know, I don't know about you, but just because that person may look like me don't mean I feel represented by them.
1: 100%. And that is another thing that I wanted to talk about. You know, my next question for you was kind of how important do you think good representation is? How do you think good accurate representation affects people? Because I do believe there is a difference just because you have a character that's a black person or a Latino or a trans person, you know, if the way that character is written is awful, you know, like if they're shown really horribly or if they are a trash person or you see them doing things that fundamentally go against that identity that you've made them, then that's harmful instead of positive. You know, how many times do we see like a black police officer in a movie or a TV show committing acts of police brutality? Like that's right, not at all what we're looking for. You, right. like, you could have went so many other places with that storyline.
0: Exactly. And um, to answer your question, it's highly important. It is so important. I think, Especially now, because, and I, I always say this, you know, being gay ten years ago is not what it was, Absolutely and being not. black now and ten years ago is not what it used to be. Um, for instance, I really want to bring up Miles Morales. Uh, Somebody
1: for both of us, right? That <laughs>
0: am, oh they oh child. Anyway,
1: and people fight about that.
0: They do. People
1: are like, oh, he's not black, he's Puerto Rican. And I'm like, um He's
0: a black. He Puerto can do both. Right. He can be
1: both. Right. He's a black Puerto Rican. Literally. Exactly. And there are such things as black Puerto Ricans.
0: Literally. And it's it's this weird thing where again, I personally I know he's been around for a long time, but right. I think that with his video game with mm-hmm. his movie yeah, and, and just the
1: spider-verse right which every, is the best spider-man movie
0: big purr and we can fight about it if you want to <laughs> <laughs> no
1: actually go fight your mom i don't
0: care <laughs> <laughs> play with them kids oh. but um no i really think that it came out it's such a great time because you know, every, everybody, especially, like, I think in Black Hollywood, everyone's kind of playing catch-up movies.
1: hundred percent, yeah. And
0: for anyone who doesn't know what I mean by catch-up movies, it's, like, doing movies that should have already been made, but instead we're focusing on trauma films to right. teach white people what was going on.
1: hundred percent, yeah. <laughs> but now
0: we get to live in Black excellence and right. Black royalty. Like black sci-fi, black right? royalty, Black, black love, superheroes. Yeah. Literally everything. And I think he came out at such a perfect time to help... Garner that attention in the sense of like, okay, we're, we're not going to put on any more slave or traumatic. Right. You know. We all
1: know what that looks like. Right. And not that we shouldn't acknowledge that, you know, because that's right. not the message either. Because, of course, we all know white people love to be like, oh, that's so long ago. Why are we still talking about right. it?
0: Right. No, bitch, we don't have to keep having that conversation <laughs> until yeah. there's some reparations. Unless some there's shit. equality. Pretty right. much.
1: Like, we can only have, we're going to keep having that conversation and it will only stop if things are equitable, which, as we all know, is. It's gonna take a lot for right. things to be equitable.
0: So And every time motherfuckers say it's been four hundred years, I always say, So y'all still so y'all need to still ain't talk the fuck up? Wow. Right. It's been
1: four hundred years and you're still racist. Right. Like <laughs> you refuse to change the time. So Sally Mae, why who's I the keep, real one stuck
0: in the past. Exactly. Sally Mae, why I keep hearing you say the N-word underneath your breath. Mm. Right. It's
1: been four hundred years. You've had a lot of time to figure it out by now.
0: Right. Learn from your ancestors. You will get popped in the face. <laughs> but it's again, like you said, that thing of we're reaching this point, um where now we don't have to you know we can talk about it openly right but again we can move away from it in the sense of like we're not going to keep black actors and black creatives being
1: re-traumatized right
0: having to in the only film that they can do is by playing you know the coon or you the know slaves. the slave right. like it, it's that i'm glad that we're garnering out of that space and we're seeing good representation especially 100% with people like Miles Morales and other black superheroes coming out?
1: So, you know, you bring up Miles Morales, right? And obviously I'm Puerto Rican. I am not quiet about that at all, little, but I'm not a black it. Puerto Rican, you know? And I acknowledge that, right? I acknowledge I'm not a black person. You are not allowed to say otherwise, right? <laughs> <laughs> But as you know that I have a lot of love for the black community, you know? And so characters like Miles Morales are so important. You know, my girlfriend, has a brother who is black, you know, he's Mm -hmm. a black Puerto Rican and he looks just like Miles Morales, basically, Right. you know, the way that Miles Morales looks in Into the Spider-Verse, that's exactly how he looks. And, you know, my girlfriend's dad literally told us a story about going to see the movie in theaters and crying because he was like, finally, is a character that looks like my son, like that looks like my son and my son could be that character. That's impactful. That's important. You know, honestly, people of color need to see that they can be more than just a slave, you know, that, that they can be more than just a drug addict. They, they can be more than just a housekeeper. Right. You know, what you see in media affects what you believe that you can
0: do. Honestly. And I think
1: people underestimate how important that is. If you never see that you could be the president, you'll never try. If you never right. see that you could be an astronaut, You'll never try. Right. You know, you're only gonna aspire to what you think is achievable. Right. And so, hinging off of that, I wanted to ask you what do you think are some examples for you of good representation of characters that you feel, you know, represent you specifically and examples of bad representation?
0: Well, in this Happy Black History Month, I am (laughs) going to actually shout out a really good um, YouTube channel called slay TV. Um right. it's by two queer um two black queer people and they actually put out one of my favorite like little um they put out one of my favorite shows right called Love It First Night. And I feel
1: like I remember you telling me about this. Oh, past.
0: I was obsessed. <laughs> I was obsessed. This was when you
1: watched when you were a teenager, right? Yes. And okay. this
0: was the only time that I saw someone who was six foot tall, black A gay and a bottom, and (laughs) because bitch, y'all know all the
1: crosses you have to bear,
0: (laughs) baby, all all the crosses. And it was finally something that I was like, oh my gosh, like this person looks like me, and I feel represented. Right. Granted, it wasn't on TV; it was something on YouTube. Right. You
1: have to find it.
0: Right. And that's what I say. Like, you know, it's it's that thing of like, if we want to see ourselves, too often, we have to actually be the ones to, you know, put our own money and our own funding behind it. But you know, we'll get into that topic another, you know, later. Yes. But I'd have <laughs> definitely have to say um Slate TV, Love It First Night, and everything right. they put out is usually um, you know, I see myself in, uh, you know, I see my queerness in it. Uh insecure, definitely. Cause that with that show is amazing. Y'all don't y'all don't get sick and be talking it was about. It's a household it.
1: fan favorite here.
0: It is. Let me tell you, because it was just such like Yeah, black. it
1: was amazing.
0: Literally, it was just black. Like, I felt at home watching it. Right. There were things that I recognized myself doing. I was like, yeah, that, yeah, that's something that we do. And I, and I love seeing it. Right. Um, Moonlight, especially because even just his journey, I was like, damn, I felt that. Like, that's definitely been me. Yeah. Um, but also, again, seeing people who look like me and, you know, seeing the experiences that I have. It right. almost felt like seeing a unicorn. It was like, oh, my gosh. I'm, I, this shit right, exists. Like, wow, this
1: exists. It's not right. just me.
0: Right. So, how about you?
1: Uh, You know, I will say that YouTube is definitely a great source of representation. Like, when I was a teenager, I would literally be in my room Mm -hmm. with headphones on in the dark, and I would look up gay short film.
0: Honestly, same.
1: (laughs) And that was literally my first encounters with queerness. You know, Mm -hmm. we talk about this all the time. There were not a lot of gay people around me growing up. I didn't even know what being gay was until I was a young teenager. And the few times that gayness was spoken about around me, it was not at all in a positive light.
0: Yeah, no, not at all.
1: (laughs) So, you know, that refuge of going to YouTube and seeing queer creators who were older than me, who were happy and were successful and were in relationships that was a big deal, you know.
0: I would say, Lord, if you remember, uh, I remember we spoke about uh, "I Am Heart." Heart, yes, like, Heart is a fan favorite because I, my my home girl was out here.
1: I would say that kind of what you spoke about with the web series. There's this book called "Juliet Takes a Breath" by Gabby R- Rivera, and mm-hmm. that book honestly made me ugly cry. One, but two Ooh, not the ugly cry.
0: <laughs> that means you that's how you know it's good.
1: Yes. But that book honestly was one of the first times where I ever read something. And you know I'm a big reader. You know that I read literally like every day. Mm-hmm. Where I read something and a character really resonated with me. I mean Gabby Rivera herself, she is, you know, she's butch she's chubby She's gay. She's Puerto Rican. You know, she fits a lot of the things that I am. Right. And this book that she wrote was kind of semi autobiographical, where you know it was fiction, but it was heavily colored by her own personal experiences. Right. And basically, the point of the book is Juliet is a gay Puerto Rican teenager living in New York with a very catholic very puerto rican family and all that that means and literally the night before she's going to start an internship in washington all the way across the country she comes out to her family at dinner like she decides she's going to come out to her family and then leave because she can't handle dealing with the fallout right
0: i mean isn't that like almost every day kid's dream is just right you know, to like, be
1: able to just put it out there and then, and then not run have away to deal with the ramifications. just run
0: away to a whole new city and then just be like okay cool if, if they're mad, they'll never find me. Yeah, if they're mad,
1: then I don't have to deal with it, basically.
0: Right, but if they're happy, I'll stay for seconds. <laughs>
1: right. And so, she comes out, and, you know, her dad doesn't say anything, and mm-hmm. her mom is immediately horrified and upset, and that's a pretty familiar experience, you know, when mm-hmm. I didn't even get the chance to come out, as you know. Like, right. I was outed by some unfortunate circumstances, and- You know, when my parents found out, I had no idea how my father felt about it. He didn't say anything, literally, he didn't say anything. He pretended as if this information was not anything that he knew. My mom, on the other hand, was extremely upset because everything that she had planned in her mind for me was slowly falling apart.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And, you know, that's not my fault and that's not my problem, but I can empathize with. That being hard. right? However, as a parent, it's not your job to plan out your kid's life. You right. know? And I think that's where so many parents get themselves into trouble because they have a baby and before this baby can even say a word, they're trying to plan out their whole life and imagining all the things they want for mm-hmm. them. And it's like, really, as a parent, all you have to do is teach this person how to be a human being, how to be a good person, and then love and support them. That's it, that's the job. And if you can't do that, then you shouldn't really be a parent, right?
0: I think shows like RuPaul's Drag Race um, really touch on that a lot. Right. Because I think, you know, Michelle Fazar, she really speaks on it, you know, Mm -hmm. being a mother herself. But also uh, I know it's come up in conversations on the show where the show uh, helps people feel seen at an age and then it helps them feel seen in the sense that like, they're like, oh, okay this is normal and this is okay but Mm -hmm. also on the flip side when it comes to parents you know they see that oh my child can live you know a life that's nothing that I dreamed about right but but still be fulfilled exactly you find happiness and fulfillment and that it doesn't make them bad or it doesn't make them you know horrible it still just makes them a human being and more of a human being for me to love because now I know more I think show that's another show and another thing that like really touches on that kind of realm of I can see myself in some of these queens and I can also feel uh, like how that can change someone's perspective Uh and outlook. And I don't think we really ever have, um, or at least that I know of, I don't know if we actually have a medium that um, really helps or shows parents how to accept their kids or really have we ever seen a storyline like that where it really goes through the things of like, you know, the parent being like, um you know admitting that it's like oh you know i had this planned out for you but you know now i see that you're you know i
1: would say one example that i have of a of a piece of media that shows that is the one day at a time reboot Mm -hmm. and so that you know one day at a time was a sitcom like in the past, I honestly don't know when, to be honest with you, so I'm not even gonna try to guess. We're not but old, I know, it's
0: okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I know that it was around like a white people, like white family, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Netflix made their reboot and it's this Cuban family and the oldest daughter is gay. Mm-hmm. And a lot like me, to be honest, her journey as a teenager felt very familiar to what I experienced and that storyline kind of touches on that because her mom and her grandmother are Cuban and religious and all the things that that entails. And so, you know, it's time for her to have her quinceanera. Mm -hmm. And originally, she didn't even want to have one. She's like, I'm a feminist and quinceaneras are about fathers giving, you know, their daughter to womanhood and having the whole town acknowledge that she's a woman. And, you know, she's just coming at all of these traditions and all the things that they're rooted in and right you know eventually she decides that she will have one but one thing that she's adamant about is that she does not want to wear a dress and this is before they even know she's gay Mm -hmm. and i felt that you know like i don't like wearing dresses i did wear dresses many times in the past because i felt i had no choice but now that I'm an adult and I know who I am, you are never gonna catch me in a dress again, and I know you can confirm that.
0: Indeed, <laughs> you will probably see me in a dress before you see top.
1: Probably, probably, and even then,
0: that is another hill for me to for you <laughs> climb. Because even I'm like, please don't put me in a dress. That is not. That is not I my mean, fancy. I saw you in a dress. Just
1: saying. That was
0: for money and a play. That's different. <laughs> You're like it was for a reason. Exactly. That was that was for me to get my degree. You're like we don't need to talk about it. Right. We don't need to bring that up.
1: <laughs> like, Uh, You know, so eventually her family relents. She gets to wear like a pantsuit. She looks dope, right? And the next hurdle is kind of coming out. So she's conflicted, as I feel like we all are, right? Because we live in such a heteronormative society that you assume that you're straight before you really even get to know yourself. That part. And then that's why you feel that conflict when you start to be like, wait, maybe I'm not.
0: Right, like and in but again it's also that thing of like like you said, we've been conditioned our whole life because the first thing we kind of see is like even in Disney movies, we see okay. Cinderella finding the fucking prince, yep. we see Snow White and the prince singing outside. I and I cannot tell you how many times like me personally, I really, I didn't want to be the fucking prince. I was like, no, I. I realized early on, I was like, hell no, I want a man to come and sweep me off my fucking feet.
1: And by the flip side, I didn't want to be the princess. I wanted to be the prince.
0: Is that you're you're the prince that I'm I'm Snow White and I'm singing to you outside. <laughs> I, I want to sweep you off your feet. Right, and I'm like, hey, can you run for the to the burdita for me? Like, I got you, boo. on my white words.
1: I will be right back.
0: But again, it's I'll a, bring your beef patty, though. Literally, see with cheese. <laughs> But it did it's that thing where um you know even I can acknowledge that when I was young I was seeing this and I was already like I don't feel represented. I don't right. first of all these characters aren't black. On top of well, that, yeah, right. They're white. Literally. And then
1: when we did get up Black Princess she was a frog most of the time right and i just got my movie this year literally and canto is really the first disney movie that shows a latino family
0: right and so. it's, it's like we've had to wait so long for us to just feel represented in race that
1: right you know that the queerness is like even more of an afterthought
0: right and even when it is like done quote unquote um you know, properly, it still leaves plot holes and holes in the character because right. it's usually based in stereotype and it's usually based in, you know, just fraudulence.
1: So you gave me my perfect segue mm-hmm. because you spoke a little bit about examples of good representation. So I want to give the listeners at home what are examples of bad representation? What do you think are examples of somebody trying to represent a person like you and like completely missing the mark? whether it's your blackness or your queerness or both
0: together? So to answer your question, I think, um, really bad representation. I would. uh, this doesn't sound really bad, but I think anything that is written by someone who is not someone who is me. I think that's valid. Because, um, you know, we had, we actually had this conversation yesterday where, you know, even in the show Euphoria, Mm -hmm. Um, it's not touched upon that Rue is Black, nor is there any, Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's there's no, like, repercussion for it in the sense of, like, there are no consequences that her skin color plays a part of. Like, no one necessarily judges her because she's Black or does she face that. And, I mean, I do know some people who, you know, that is their story. They've never felt or experienced racism. Right. So, but it's just also that thing of, like, we know. Um, we know that she's black, but, you know, everyone else in the show, it's it's that weird thing where it's colorblind, but we, as people of color know that it's usually never that colorblind. Right. Um, also, I think, I guess also with queerness, um, old black movies that Mm -hmm. sit, mm -hmm. yeah, Yeah. Uh, because I remember a lot of times uh, it's just a stereotype usually, um, there's one movie with with Loretta Devine, uh, Mm -hmm. called Dirty Laundry, and, in it, that was the first time I ever, watching that movie young, I was like, oh shit, maybe I am gay, because, um, the son was gay, but he also had a white partner, and, I mean, it kind (sighs) of did have its things of, like, what it was like to be gay and stuff, also, like, early movies just had that, like, it's almost stereotypical, Right, but there's still truth in it, so it's still right. They're ha-
1: trying their best to be accurate, but right, it's, nobody is in the room that identifies that way, pretty much. Right,
0: so it was just so crazy to, um, you know, watch movies like that, and you know, I used to think they were it, but then I'm like, oh, shit, you're just trying to plan out a stereotype.
1: I mean, there's the infamous Janet Jackson scene in
0: For Colored Girls. Oh, 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 oh! oh. So, so, so you're the one doing it, <laughs> right? But, I mean, so it's funny that you bring that up, because I remember, um, no Tino but I remember being young, and the way that Tyler Perry represented dark-skinned people, I remember being young, yeah. and you might, I mean, my parents might even still remember this, but, um, I remember saying, you know, I want to be an actor, but it's too bad that I'm going to have to, like, play a villain my whole life. Right. And it's, it, and also for me to know, like, that... For me to recognize that was actually, like, really—that's crazy that I was able to recognize that at, like, such a young age. But I
1: feel like that just goes to show how clear they made it that, like, dark. every
0: time you see a dark-skinned man on the screen, he's the bad guy. Right, versus every time you see, like, the light skin or brown skin man, okay, he's the one that's probably going to be the same.
1: Right, there. he's the love interest. Right,
0: the dark skin. Um, man or woman is used to be the, you know, the most ghetto. And I remember me and DJ also had this conversation, and that's how I knew I wasn't crazy. Right. Um, oh,
1: definitely not. Right. You're definitely not crazy. And
0: I mean, it's also that thing where it's like, you know, is it on purpose? Maybe, maybe not. But it's also that thing where it's like, if it isn't, it, you know, you're doing it a lot. If it's um, not
1: on purpose, then it's clearly an unconscious bias That you need to
0: work on Right Cause it's like why is... And you're lacking Self-awareness If you don't see it Right Cause it is that thing Where it's like So you don't tell me That every person Who auditioned for this role happen to be dark skinned. Right.
1: That no light skinned guys also audition for this role and, and no didn't. dark skinned guys audition for the other role. Like I refuse to believe. Right.
0: That. I will say Morris Chestnut has been the only <laughs>
1: He's good, the only good example.
0: Uh, he really is because that's like because I don't think he's Although ever not, played. Uh, oh no. well, I'm talking about like he's usually cast in the light of like oh he's like the sexy dark skinned man. I'm not yeah. gonna say that he ain't shit some of his movies
1: Yeah so I was gonna say uh what is it? Is
0: oh. The movie with Gabrielle Union and... um... Yes,
1: but the one that's famous that has Terrence Howard in it and Taye
0: Diggs. What are those movies called? um, I forget. uh, Best Man? Yeah, The Best Man. Yes.
1: Um... Because I was going to say in that movie, he is cheating on his woman and yeah. treating her badly. And then when he finds out that- Tay
0: hey, did. Yeah. fucking his wife. And then all
1: of like, a sudden, it's a huge issue. I'm like, you didn't have a problem when it was you doing it, sir. Yeah, like I no,
0: have. Honestly, that whole fight scene between um, them, I'm like- kind
1: Where of, he almost drops him off the balcony. Yeah,
0: like, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, as a friend, okay, you did deserve to get your ass lit. But also, you can't be mad at him for treating your woman better. better than you. it, right? That's
1: probably- Another layer to why he was so mad, though, you know, right, like the but, character, because it's like not only did you betray me, not only did she betray me, but now I feel guilty because somebody else was treating my woman better than me too. Right, and as know. we
0: know, that is, you know, that that's always that's the biggest insult to a lot of heterosexual men. Hundred percent. That so, I definitely think, but yeah, I think anything that's usually been written um, mm-hmm. from the perspective that is not someone who has minds down. Right. or has lived through minds, it has usually been a pretty bad one. And I'm like, no, we don't do that. No, yeah. a black person would never do that. Oh, that's scary. Almost any time a black person dies in a horror movie, I'm usually- offended. 100%, because
1: like, they wouldn't even be there.
0: That Oh, you know the worst fucking one? Okay, yeah, let's get into it. Fucking Kelly Rowland in Friday versus- in uh, Yeah, her
1: confronting the bad guy. Yeah, first like, of Why is she the one who confronted the bad guy? Let me
0: tell you something, no black person in She's right. my she gotta, s- Fucks herself with them white kids. Right, it's gonna sit up there, and you tell me I have an opportunity to run the fuck away while y'all handle it. Hell, the fuck no. My bitch, a true, a true Kelly Rowland would have been the fuck out of there. Let's Absolutely, be that's why Brandy survived when she was in her scary movie. That part, she
1: made it to the end because she was like
0: deuces. Right, Brandy was like, and a, in, in, a look, <laughs> oh, uh, the infamous scene from Scary Movie Two. no, oh, oh, please,
1: please let it. J- <laughs> That is the best scene ever. It's, it's the best. And then when she comes out, she's like, "Now we both gotta die."
0: Right. It's like it's your fault.
1: <laughs> it would have just been you if you would have shut the fuck <laughs> up. Like
0: it's literally just that act of bam. That's exactly what the fuck we would have done. Right. But also,
1: black people made that.
0: Right. Black people who made the scary movie movies.
1: It's so you know, you know, you bringing up like the stereotypes of like the darker-skinned person being the bad guy and the lighter-skinned person being the good guy. That kind of hinges on to, like, the examples that I feel like are glaringly obvious examples of bad representation. You know, the whole in the highest debate, which, you know, everyone we knew got involved in that debate, and we had that conversation. And it sucks because it's, like, on all other counts the representation would have been there. Like, the cultural representation, Mm -hmm. the the music and stuff. But then when it comes down to, like, skin color, the fact that there's hardly any Mm Afro-Latinos in the cast, like, that's an issue. Especially considering where it was set. If you go to the heights, it is not hard to find a Black person. Right. You know, my girlfriend goes to school in upper manhattan and i've been there the past couple days to visit her and all i've seen is black people sometimes the black people are speaking spanish sometimes they're not but guess what they're mostly black people
0: to like add on to that is just what my own experience is i Mm -hmm. think that you know we talked about this as well is that you know coming here i didn't realize that you could be because, um, I mean, the educational system doesn't really do a good job of explaining race, ethnicity, or right. everything outside and in between. Right. But people don't know that you can be Black and uh, Latinx. People right. don't know that. They don't right. know just that. colorism. Right, they don't know that. It's also, like, it's race plus ethnicity. It's not just packaged all into one thing. And I it,
1: feel like...
0: Sorry, no, not it's to cut you me. off,
1: but I feel like that's because when you're black or you're white ethnicity is not part of the conversation for most the most definitely. part, like black is black and white is white. And right. then it's just like Asians and Latinos and like indigenous people that then right. focus on like ethnicity. And of course not every black person is that way. Right. Cause there are people who are like, Hey, I'm Caribbean, right. I'm not African, you know, right. but the way America as a country is designed is we look at white as white and we look at black as black and that's all there is to it. And the rest of us just kind of have to figure out a way to fit in between. So I think that's why when it comes to realizing that there's people of both races within different ethnic groups, it's kind of like, oh, Right. maybe this is a larger conversation than we were allowed to look at it as right and
0: that's why like going back to the In the Heights um, (laughs) debate that we were having on you know the lack of representation I definitely agree with you I definitely think that could have been a teaching moment because even I had to explain to my friends why it was such a big thing and Mm -hmm. why you know it mattered because and again like it's that thing where it's like it was like you said great great aspects of showing culture and community and family, but it could have used like some sprucing up in in that space.
1: Especially because if you're a real Latino, you know that most of the best parts of Latinidad were created by those of us that are Black. You know, reggaeton, which is like one of the most popular Spanish language genres. It's what's coming to the mainstream, you know. Mm -hmm that was made by Afro-Panamanians, you know, salsa. One of the huge aspects of salsa is that it's supposed to be taking our ancestors' African rhythms and mixing them with, you know, other things. Right. Our food, if you look at it, there's a heavy African influence. You know, you can't be a Latino and love all that that means without recognizing the contribution of black people.
0: Right.
1: So to not include Afro Latinos in the casting or like in a major way in the casting, in my opinion, is more intentional than people realize. You have to actively decide to not include Afro Latinos.
0: Right.
1: And then the excuse that was given when it came time to like talk about it is oh, they just picked the best people for the role. And it's but like, then
0: it's like, so you're saying that out of, it goes back to that thing that we were saying, right. where it's like, so you're going to sit up here and tell me that out of all the people who auditioned for this. Right,
1: all the light-skinned people were the best. Right,
0: every every light-skinned person who passes the paperback test is going to be right. it versus and i think me and you i think i i think it was we you, uh we were actually like comparing how many black people we saw mm-hmm. uh or like anyone who had like darker skin mm-hmm. and i think we only came up with like what about five or seven like at yeah the, at the best
1: there's a co- like you'll find more darker skinned people in like the background yeah
0: that's and that's what we were comparing that's what yeah. we we're like you know where like the background like because again, like you said, if you were, if we were to go now, like we would see right. that it's, you know, yeah, you
1: wouldn't even have to look; they'd just be there,
0: right? And that's why, um, again, that black and brown representation is really like so important. One hundred. And when it's mishandled like that, because it, it mishandles that teaching moment, that right? Then it
1: becomes harmful instead. Right. Speaking of harmful representation, something that I really want to talk about, we touched on it a little bit earlier is like the bad representation that is in essence basically just like trauma porn, right? Mm-hmm. So, an example that I have is there was this movie that was on Netflix called El baile de los 41 and basically it that means the dance of 41
0: in english i'm not gonna (laughs) lie to you i definitely looked at you like i I just shook my head like "Mm -hmm." i I definitely took french class but i was like "Mm -hmm. i believe in you you sold it right thank you thank you (laughs) (laughs)
1: but basically that movie is about this man who was a real life historical figure it's based off true events he was a gay man he was closeted because you know it was a time period where you had to be right right society Right. And so it was kind of this like gentleman's club where all the closeted gay men came together and kind of created a safe space and were able to just be themselves. They were able to be romantic with each other. They were able to be, you know, dressed femininely if they wanted to. They could just express themselves in all the ways that they were prohibited from doing in their like day to day lives. Mm-hmm. And so basically this man ends up marrying the president's daughter because he's a political figure himself and his marriage to this woman ends up kind of ruining everything for him because, you know, he's out at night and now he has someone tracking where he is. And right. she's thinking that he's cheating on her with a woman. And mind you this whole time, like he is cheating on her, but he has a boyfriend
0: right?
1: who is another like political figure basically. And ultimately she gives him an ultimatum. And she's like, we're gonna have kids, like you need like I'm trying to get pregnant. Like, what's good? He, you know, he keeps not being able to get her pregnant. And so she figures out where he is, and she finally realizes, like, oh, he's gay. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And she takes it as an insult, you know. She's like, You're lying to me, like something must be wrong with me. And she tells her father, and so like the police come and they raid their safe space basically, and you know, they all get arrested. And the the like montage in the movie of this happening is so incredibly like violent mm-hmm. and graphic that as a queer person, I was genuinely like disturbed. Like it was triggering to watch right. as a queer person. And it left me feeling really like shaken up after the fact. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a scene where they arrest them and the police are being incredibly rough with them and like hitting them and dragging them around and like insulting them and spitting on them and all these things. And then they get paraded in front of the whole town and they stone them. The Mm. people in the town are literally throwing rocks at them and you see them bleeding and all this stuff. And you know, the guy who married the president's daughter gets spared basically because the president is like, I'm not going to embarrass my daughter by letting everybody know that you're gay, right. but I'm going to kill your boyfriend basically. Oh my gosh. And so, you know, he pleads on his boyfriend's behalf. He's like, mm-hmm. please like don't kill him, you know, cuz he's in love with him whatever. So, he ends up get his boyfriend ends up getting shipped to a prison somewhere in the middle of nowhere and he never sees him again. Oh my and gosh. basically the ultimatum they give him is either he's going to do his job and stay in this marriage and give her kids like he's supposed to or they'll kill him mm-hmm. so you know he's completely demoralized completely broken so he agrees and literally a week later because of how poor the conditions in the jail were his boyfriend is dead anyway Oh my gosh! and it was just really horrible and i was like why did we need one, a movie about this. Two, if we were to make a movie about this, why did we need to see it like this? You know, I mean it's- you could have drove this point home without relishing and showing the footage of these gay men
0: being tortured, basically. It's definitely that thing where, you know, we we try to be so, you know, caught up in the realism of it. And don't get me wrong, I definitely understand it, but it, it's that don't know it's a weird thing where like you said when when you identify with that group of people mm-hmm. it's already it's already hard to watch as a human but when we identify or at least it should be right but and when we identify you know with these characters and then we have to see this it's right. so unbearable sometimes right because
1: you're like that could be me or right. someone i love
0: literally and so and that's mm-hmm. and again it's one of those things where it's like i Shout out, I shout out to the creators who, you know, want to show how horrible it truly was. But it's also one of those things where it's like I myself would personally not want to watch it because right. I already can imagine myself and I'm already yeah. not tone deaf enough. I'm not tone deaf enough to not be aware of the circumstances that people before me, Black and queer, have had to go through. who Who's
1: had to live through pretty horrible, awful conditions on both
0: counts, you know? Literally.
1: So yeah, and I especially hate it when people think that they're like doing something revolutionary when they make these like trauma porn mm-hmm. movies. I feel like a perfect example is that movie Antebellum with Janelle Monae.
0: Mm-hmm. Have you watched it? I know, but I, I mean, I watched it like enough to know like what everything's about. But like in some parts, you know, I have to like, I had to zone Understandable. On own. I could understand um, why you wouldn't want to watch it. But no, I definitely know exactly like the plotline and everything. Like I right. know, you know, the So scene. I'm just going to go
1: ahead and say spoiler warning because I'm going to spoil it. Yes,
0: because spo- <laughs> we've been spoiling a lot of shit, but it's okay. It's okay.
1: Where the whole big twist that's supposed to be so breathtaking, which I honestly predicted that like these are modern times that we're in our present day and there's this collection of white people trying to relive their glory days of slavery basically to me I was like why did we need that like if your message is like oh white people are so racist like yeah we know
0: it's one of those things to me where (laughs) it was supposed to be a horror movie and I mean I think in the aspect of a certain psychological horror especially that Mm-hmm. Jordan Peele goes for, I think it was successful in the sense of like it, um, it was more terrifying than being kidnapped and then being forced to, re, to like live as a slave again. Like that right. is a pretty like terrifying concept. 100%. But it's definitely one of those things where it's like, especially after Get Out, it's kind of one of those things where it was like, I think that also I think after Get Out, I think after, Out, I think after 12 Years a Slave, I think right. after Hell, just Roots, I think it's definitely one of those things where, like you said, uh, the scenes in that are pretty like traumatic already. Right. And the thought of it is already traumatic, but it's also like, damn, did we really need a whole movie about this like, right. again, traumatic thing? 100%. And
1: it just bothered me because you could tell that they were going for what Jordan Peele did with Get Out, but the difference is Jordan did it in an artistic and nuanced way. Right. Like we never saw any like slavery imagery i'll say in get out but the message was still really clear the message like it was still already horrifying you know the only thing we saw obviously is like the housekeeper and the gardener and and we knew once everything was revealed what was happening to them and that was horrifying but we didn't see them get
0: tortured right
1: you know what i mean like it wasn't graphic
0: yeah it and, was just
1: horrifying right. basically whereas and like Annabelle, i feel like they just wanted to show you these awful images mm. and i feel like the point wasn't even that great like what was the message
0: you know what was the point right. point? and that is a, that is a good thing it's and like, i feel
1: like it didn't have one and then on top of all that everybody was like wow that's not everybody but like they got like good reviews they got some good like critic reviews and i was like are y'all watching the same movie i'm watching
0: i saw a lot of negative reviews about it I people
1: can... gave it negative reviews oh, okay. like viewers gave it negative reviews which i agree with but like actual critics gave it good mm-hmm. reviews and i think they even won an award or something and i was like for what first
0: no i definitely understand and that's why i think it um you know portrayals really have to be kind of moderate like mo- it has to be like moderated like it's like what can we show what can't we show why are we showing this what do we want the viewers to see from this type of thing because yeah because it's like again again we know that that happened especially in that scene like we know that this used to happen but do we right. need to see it for different times right
1: like you could have showed like for me i mean i don't really think we need to make any more movies about black people being tortured anyway i'm just gonna put that out there yeah (laughs) but with that in mind i'm all for like being graphic in the sake of showing what something was really like if you have a reason
0: yeah you know what i mean like they could
1: have showed other things Mm -hmm. like okay you have one scene of that happening and then have an, like then do another scene showing me something else so i get right. like if your point is to show me the picture of what really happened then show me everything right
0: don't just let let's not just keep on one topic and right like to if we're
1: gonna go the all the way purpose. then let's go all the way right. and let it be for a reason
0: right no i completely understand i get you on that you know and at, the, at the end i think like with how Personally, what I think Black Hollywood is doing now <clears throat> and what they're focusing on is again, like you said, it's that just very specific like this when there's so many other stories to tell and right. there's so much better representation, I think, that we should have. Um I know like uh like there's different comic books coming out now, which right. I love and enjoy.
1: I know I've been sending
0: you yeah. some stuff I wanna read. And then uh the Black Sands comic book has also been making headlines. So.
1: And they have a Puerto Rican comic book on there.
0: They do. I was
1: already supporting them. I was already down for it. I was like, oh, this is awesome. And then I saw that they picked up a Puerto Rican comic book. And I was like, okay. Perfect,
0: perfect, perfect. perfect. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah, see, and that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, there are black comic book readers. There are black sci-fi nerds. There are black gamers. And it's like, especially in video games and anime, especially, I'm black. And we're starting to see, like, more PLCs and more black people. Because 100%. honestly, the only person who I could think of was Michi Joan Hachin for the longest. And now we actually have like Black Samurai and mm-hmm. Cannon Buster. You have
1: actual black anime studios now. Right.
0: And it's actually like being produced. And I love it because it's like, you know, it's about time that we kind of start branching out more. And I agree. You know, telling just different and more fascinating stories.
1: I think we've all mm-hmm. realized as people of color that we've gotten to a place where... If we're waiting for white people to give it to us, they're never going to, you know, like if we want these things, we're going to have to go out and make them and you have to support it and support it. That's the big one is you have to support it because people of color. And of course I'm generalizing. Right. But like our people be so quick to buy the newest, latest thing that a white person made. But then when a, you know, when a black person or a person of color Makes it, make something is like oh it's all of a sudden too expensive oh it's right. all of a sudden can i get a discount like no pay full say, price even, and support
0: your people right even no tea no, tea, no, tea, no shade <laughs> even like with with this podcast i always tell people i'm like you want to see more episodes like i need to see that you're actually listening or, right yeah support so us yes. right if you want to if you want to listen to this beautiful lovely voice <laughs> then you gotta let me know that you're actually listening that you're actually wanting to hear right it. that you're vibing with us right because you know Bitch.
1: Otherwise, we're just talking for fun and like, I could really do that. Right,
0: but I just have to be <laughs> recorded. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, I know we have one more topic before we have to end off. Yes. So, I'll lead us into it. Our last <laughs> All topic. right, so
1: my last big question that I wanted your opinion on is, do you think that representation in media affects the opinions of a society? I think
0: And again, going back to the early um, 2000s, I think all the films about um, that portrayed Black men as either thugs or portrayed gay people as bitchy and sassy and everything like that, I think that definitely shapes people's minds, especially young people's minds. And I cannot Mm -hmm. tell you how many times it got annoying when people would compare me to a character i mean uh-huh. even nowadays you know but,
1: what people of color always get the you look
0: just like right i hate that i think we of, need to dead that honestly literally because it's it, first of all half of those people were not good representations in the first place they were right stereotypes um and on the other hand this is just the only time you've ever seen a black person was through right the like screen. that's so.
1: why you think of me when you think of this person because we're the only two types of this
0: thing you've ever seen so exactly and i will always say that whatever you put on tv no T no shade but that will be used as ammunition one day whether, it's, whether it's in a good way or a bad way um because you know someone's gonna be like see in this movie they show black people doing this so of course you so know that must be true, be a thing right so it must be true Versus, you know, oh, in Pose, we see, you know, loving Black gay communities and POCs coming together in a mm-hmm. ballroom scene, and that's good ammunition. But, you know, either way, it's going to be used as a reference point. 100%. So I think why not show people, um, again, as I keep bringing up Moonlight and, yeah, you know, the wonderful potential Issa Rae and, you know, Slay TV, mm-hmm. you know, shit that's touched me in such an amazing way that has helped me come out, you know, the same way that it can help me come out, it can it's gonna shut someone in. So yeah. I definitely think that um, I think that is it is so important, um, more important than we can sometimes realize or even imagine.
1: One hundred percent, I completely and totally agree with you. I absolutely think that good representation is revolutionary. I absolutely think that good representation is activism. You know. We know for a fact that most of what people get their knowledge from is media. You know,
0: it's not through the newspaper anymore.
1: Yeah, but even still, that's another form of media. You know,
0: yeah.
1: People like if you've never seen something before, and then you see it on your TV screen, or you see it on your phone, or you hear it in your music, that is your only point of reference now. You know, and kind of hinging on something you said earlier about like the impact of Drag Race, like. How many people say, oh, I've never seen a drag queen before, before I saw Drag Race, and now I love them. Right. Or, oh, I've never seen a gay person before, before I saw Drag Race, and now I love them. You know, to show another side outside of a stereotype to somebody who's never met that kind of person before, that completely changes the game. And, and that's ultimately why they don't want us to create our own projects. Because, you know racism and colorism and featureism and sexism and homophobia and transphobia and all of those horrible things that run our society they benefit from us not having good representation that part you know so that's why it is hard to find people to fund your projects if you're trying to combat that and also trickles down into why it's so important to support those projects when you do see them so i think there's so many ways to win a battle You know, and that's what we're doing. This is a battle. Amen. You know, and this is a battle, one that we need to fight together. And that's why it makes me so happy to see that while it's not perfect yet and while things are not at all equitable yet, we are starting to see more and more examples of that good representation Mm -hmm. that is nuanced, that is authentic, that you know, does encompass intersectionality because that's so important. Things are not black and white, like literally and figuratively. Right. right? We have this conversation all the time, you and I, where you're always saying that you always feel like you're defending some aspect of who you are. Mm -hmm. Like in black spaces, you have to defend that you're gay. In gay spaces, you have to defend that you're black. And so while it's good to show the positives for both of those communities separate, you need to show the positives for them united as well
0: right because i always say it's different you know dating as a black person than it is a white person it's different dating as a gay black person versus a white gay person and yes we can yeah it's that thing of like yeah i can bond with people over one aspect of my personality but it's different for uh or, or of my being it's different to have to be able to bond with both parts of that and find the spaces in between where it really feels authentic and true to both parts of that so
1: and that is the point of this podcast you know we are looking to provide a safe space out there for people of color for queer people for people of all creeds honestly right but you know we don't want to be presumptuous and assume to take over anything that we aren't. If you do feel safe here, if you do feel represented, that's amazing, you know, that always makes me happy.
0: And same here, you know, I think with this podcast, especially going into it in mind, it it goes back to what I said about the YouTube thing is if you don't feel represented, if you don't see yourself be represented, whether it be in music, whether that be in television, radio, whatever it is, whatever medium, right. then sometimes that's a sign that you look. It, who else gonna do it? Right? Yeah. Who else gonna do it? You know, a lot, a lot of times it wasn't the best saying to me. One of the best thing is if you want it done right, sometimes you gotta do it your damn self. Really, honestly. You know, how long are we gonna sit around and wait uh, before we have like another, you know, another little Nas or another um, Megan the Stallion, right? Another Issa Rae or another um, Terrell Praney. Like, it's it's just got to a point where, you know, you really have to uh, take a step forward and, you know, change the narrative, change the game up and you know be bold and be brave be outspoken and i'm so glad that especially with this generation uh you know that we get to see it and i'm you know i want to see what it's like in the next 10 years and be able to say i look forward to that right and be able to say oh it was it's better now because i remember being my day because back in my day when i was (laughs) growing up let me tell you something about about old johnson
1: (laughs) well i hope this episode Access sort of a you know batman symbol up in the sky for anybody out there who wants to write who wants to create who you know feels that they are missing from the story and wants to add i really hope to see it i hope that i get the chance to support it thank you so much for listening to us and supporting us
0: Amen to that. Please make sure that you always check in on my page or Tati's page. We'll always have updates about the show. As well, we might have a website coming out for you guys. Maybe pretty soon. just maybe.
1: Fingers crossed, y'all.
0: Mm-hmm. So you better you better be on the lookout. You better <laughs> start supporting. A
1: website that will allow you the opportunity to give us suggestions of any topics. You'd like us to discuss,
0: as well as donations. I'm not saying uh, you, 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 <laughs> don't, uh, you know, if you ever feel generous, if you if ever, you ever
1: just feel so inclined,
0: right? If you ever just want to buy me lunch or, di- <laughs> or diamonds and pearls, it depends on you. Look, it but, on how good we make you
1: feel.
0: Exactly. <laughs> but again, thank you so much for tuning in. Always contact us if you have any questions or inquiries, or if you just want to have these discussions even further. We will n- never hesitate to reach out. So Absolutely. thank you always come again and love you
1: adios y mucho mucho amor